One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 128. You may notice my voice today is a little scratchy. I am recovering from a sinus infection, but my voice has not really gotten the memo, so bear with me. Today, we're talking about email marketing and specifically 10 simple ways to supercharge your emails to make them even more powerful. Now, I've been doing this podcast long enough to have a pretty good sense of what your reaction to that statement probably is. I'm going to guess that around 25% of you are on board with email marketing. You know how powerful it can be. You've grown to see it as a critical part of your marketing. And to you, I say high five. I'm so glad you're on team email, and I hope that you'll pick up something new in this episode to make your emails even better. And then we have the remaining 75% of you who, for whatever reason, you're simply not fully on board with email. Maybe you've heard about the power of email marketing, but you're intimidated by the technology. Maybe you think email marketing is too spammy and you feel like you don't want any part of it and you can't see how it could possibly help you in your business. Or maybe you just haven't really thought that hard about it yet. If you're in that remaining 75%, I say to you, give email a chance because it can truly change your business. Why? Well, plain and simple, because email works. Whatever your marketing goal is, from stronger connections to converting subscribers to buyers to creating loyal long-term customers, email delivers. Statistics show that it generates a much higher return on investment than other platforms and that we have a much better reach on our email than we do on social media. For example, if you have 100 followers on Instagram and 100 subscribers on your email list, almost certainly if you post the same piece of content both places, more people will see the email than what you post on Instagram. I have a lot more to say about email marketing, about how you quote unquote own your email list and we're not at the mercy of an algorithm, how it's the best way to build relationships, in my opinion, and how incredible it is at generating revenue in a way that I don't see on any other platforms. And so if you're still needing a little bit of convincing that email marketing is worth putting the time and effort into, go check out one of these past episodes that will hopefully change your mind. Episode 15, How to Write Effective Emails, Intro to Email Marketing, or Episode 59, How to Get Started with Email Marketing. Both will be linked in the show notes. So when you're on board with the power of email marketing and why I believe it is absolutely something to prioritize in your marketing, even if that means scaling back on something else you're currently spending your time on, then that brings us to today's episode, which is truly a super fun one for me. 
Today, I want to talk about 10 simple ways you can make an even bigger impact with your emails. I've been doing email marketing for a long time. In fact, it was the biggest part of my job as a marketing director before I left the corporate world. And I've picked up a thing or two over the years. Shall we get right into the goodness? So tip number one is to start with intention. Each email we write should have a purpose, and it's really important that we get clear on what that purpose is before we start writing. Like all marketing content, I believe we should approach our emails through the lens of adding value at least 80% of the time. To say that another way, we want to think about giving our audience something useful and valuable through our emails almost all of the time, and then occasionally we can be a little bit more directly promotional and salesy. A great way of writing intentional emails is to use a simple exercise that's called the no feel do exercise. And just to be clear, this is not something I made up myself, but something that I love using to help me write all kinds of content. The no feel do exercise is super simple. Before you start creating a piece of content, in this case, an email, you want to ask yourself three questions. First, what do I want my ideal customer to know after reading this email? So here you want to make a note of any facts or information you want to make sure to convey in your email. Second, how do I want my ideal customer to feel after reading this email? This is really all about acknowledging that the words you use, the way you write carries energy with it. For example, if you're delivering a serious message, you'd write it a lot differently than if you were sending a more entertaining and lighthearted email. You want to get clear up front on what you want your audience to feel so that you can write with that mood and energy in mind. And just to note here that we don't ever want to intentionally make people feel bad. Some marketers do it that way on purpose, but I don't think it's ethical. So I'm not going to encourage you to do that. And finally, we want to ask ourselves, what do I want my ideal customer to do after reading this email? We'll talk about this more in a second, but as you do this exercise, you simply want to think through what is the action that you want people to take next after they finish reading your email. Okay, so this brings us to the second tip, which is to always include a call to action in your email and ideally just one. A call to action or a CTA is the term that marketers use essentially for when we tell people what action to take next. There are two big mistakes that people make with calls to action, in my opinion. The first one is that they don't include a call to action at all. This is a mistake because we always want to be inviting people to continue their journey with us in some way. Maybe we want them to visit a link with a blog post. For me, I'm often encouraging people to click the link to the podcast episode that I've talked about in that email. Or it could be as simple as saying, reply to this email and let me know your favorite business book. An action can be anything large or small, but basically we just want to encourage people to take an action as a result of reading the email. The other mistake that people make with calls to actions is to have too many calls to action. The vast majority of the time, we just want to have one call to action per piece of content. If you give people too many things to do, it's a lot less likely that they'll actually do any of it. So if you really do want them to take that specific action, Don't add links to everything in the email, just simply link and ask people to do the one thing that you want them to do most. I will say that there are some exceptions to this. Sometimes I will send digest emails where there are links to various things. For example, here's the podcast episodes that came out in the last month. But for the most part, if you want people to take a specific action, you want to only give them one action to take 
and that will make it much more likely that they do. Tip number three is to be very, very specific. And by this, I mean, write in a way that paints a visual for people. So as they're reading the email, it's actually creating a picture in their mind. Let me give you an example. One way of saying something might be, do you have a hard time finding jewelry that can truly be worn every day, even on outdoor excursions? Check out our stuff. Or I could say this more specifically, tired of having to take your jewelry off and leaving it on your bathroom counter before you go hiking in the mountains every weekend? You can wear our minimalist bracelets on all of your favorite outdoor adventures from camping to kayaking and everything in between. One of these options is vague and honestly kind of boring, and the other one paints a real picture in your mind. The more we can write in a way that creates a visual, the more memorable our content will be. We don't want to go overboard with lots of frilly adjectives and extra descriptors that aren't necessary, but if you can simply and concisely write in a way that literally paints a picture, your emails will be all the more effective. One great way to practice writing specifically in this way is to include stories in your emails. Share small moments from your life or your business and write them in specific detail. Don't worry about sharing the most dramatic, exciting, life-changing stories. Even boring stories help us connect with other people. Tip number four is to include a GIF. So this is a fun and super, super simple one. GIFs are such a great way to connect with your audience because essentially we're sharing a smile or even a giggle together. I like to put my gift toward the beginning of my email to set the tone. This takes us back to the no feel do exercise we talked about earlier. We can select a gift that really portrays the feeling that we want to communicate. Tip number five is on a similar note, and that is to include a personal or behind the scenes photo. I have been really surprised by how emails perform that include this behind the scenes detail. And I don't mean a professional photograph as much as I love professional photographs and they can absolutely be included sometimes. But for this, I just mean something candid that you took yourself, something unpolished and real. One of the great beauties of email is that it's a way to build personal connections. When you show up in someone's inbox, it's just you two. They're not seeing the other commenters or followers or anyone else who subscribes to your email list. It is just you and them. This makes it a great place to build actual relationships. And actual relationships are built through sharing real life. Some of my best performing emails have included selfies of me in my office or behind the scenes snaps as I paint or even one of me carrying a Christmas tree back from the market we bought it at over the top of my head. Okay, it wasn't a very big Christmas tree, but still. Ideally, you're sharing things here that aren't also appearing elsewhere, and this gives your reader a sense of being part of something that not everyone is receiving. This ups the feeling of value of being a subscriber. One fun thing you can do here is to not only add a photo, but actually make a GIF out of a video so that it plays in the email automatically without someone having to click a video. You can just go to Canva, open up a new file, put a video in there from your phone, and then when you save it, save it as a GIF file. I will sometimes then reduce the file size after that, and you can go to easygif.com to compress it to be small enough to fit in the email. But this is a super fun way to add even more personality into your emails. 
Today, for example, the day that I write this, I sent an email with three gifts of my 15-month-old Casey and some of the recent adventures he's been up to, eating strawberries, learning to walk, and waving. This does not relate to my business or my podcast, but it is a way to build connection. Tip number six on this list is all about subject lines. Your subject line is incredibly important because it helps your reader decide whether or not to open your email in the first place. Your subject line should not be an afterthought. It should be something you think through a little bit. Because let's say you write an email that's awesome and full of value for your audience, something you know that they'll love and benefit from. But then your subject line isn't that interesting, so not very many people open it. Well, in that case, it doesn't actually matter what was in the email because if someone doesn't open it, they don't see it. So we really want to think through subject lines. My two favorite ways to approach subject lines are as follows. To either write something intriguing that makes people want to open up to learn more or to make it clear that there's a lot of value inside the email. Let me give an example of each type. An intriguing subject line might be something like this. My biggest regret. Or, I wish I had known this sooner. Or even something that might feel random, but it makes people want to know more context, like Team Green or Team Red. Or, let's talk about subject lines that promise the value inside. For example, 10 tips for better performing emails. How to clean your handmade jewelry. 5 kitchen substitutions for a more eco-friendly home. Here are a few bonus subject line tips. First, include one emoji. Second, don't overdo it with a punctuation. I actually usually don't have any punctuation at the end, if that helps. And third, no title case, meaning don't capitalize the first letter of every word. It makes it look too formal and kind of spammy. Tip number seven is to personalize your email by addressing your reader by their first name. Most email systems have a way to do this. You'll basically insert a code that your system will replace with the person's first name, like a mail merge. To figure out how to do this with your system, just Google the name of the email tool you use, for example, MailChimp, and then dynamic content or personalization, and you'll find some YouTube videos that come up that will show you how to do this. One thing to keep in mind with this is that you'll want to set up an alternative for people whose first names aren't included. So for anyone whose first name wasn't captured for whatever reason, you don't have their first name, you'll want to put a placeholder in there. I personally use the word friend. So if I address my email to, hey, first name, and I have the person's name, it would say, hey, Lauren, or whatever their name is. But if I didn't have their name, it would say, hey, friend. That way, there's not just an empty blank space. You can personalize pretty much any part of the email you want. I think occasionally personalizing the subject line is pretty eye-catching and interesting. I always would recommend their email starts by personalizing and addressing the person by name. And you could even throw it in there somewhere else in the email conversationally. As if you were talking to a friend, where would you naturally say their name? Tip number eight is to use white space. When people open their email, they're not expecting to read a book. Even paragraphs are too much. Use white space liberally. I don't usually write paragraphs longer than one to two sentences, and this is simply to make it easier for people to read and skim. I use headings to organize different sections. I use bullet points all the time to organize information. Anything you can do to make your email easier to read and easy to skim for people who aren't going to read every word is really powerful. 
If your email is just a long novel of text, people are going to be much less likely to read it. So space things out. Trust me. It might break your grammar teacher's heart, but she's probably not your ideal customer, is she? For tip number nine, my suggestion is to add something extra valuable or unexpected. How can you surprise and delight your reader with something they weren't expecting when they open the email? Maybe from time to time, you include a free resource that's linked. Maybe sometimes you have an extra discount for being part of your email community. Maybe you include a link to something you've been enjoying recently. Today, for example, I linked to a recipe for a homemade frozen banana peanut butter cup recipe that I have been loving. Not related to my business, but just hopefully a little bit delightful for people who opened it up. I've seen people include things like Spotify playlists, book recommendations, inspirational quotes, free downloads, anything you think would add a little extra spark of joy to your reader's day, consider adding it now and again. And finally, I'm at tip number 10, which is my favorite one on this list, and that is to put whatever is most important to you about the email in a PS. This is probably going to surprise most people, and that's why it's my favorite tip on here, because it's a big one. Believe it or not, the PS is one of the most important pieces of real estate in your emails. It gets seen and clicked more than most other parts of the email. For this reason, I think that just about every marketing email you send should include a PS. A lot of times for me, I'll use the PS to reiterate the call to action from the email. So for example, if the call to action in the email was to click to learn more about my membership program, making good happen, maybe I'd put something in the PS like this. PS, don't forget to pop over to this page to learn more about how I can hook you up with the best community of small business owners ever and tons of practical marketing guidance. Here's the link. Or other times I'll use my PS to encourage people to respond directly to the email and start a conversation with me. For example, here's the PS from the most recent marketing email that I sent. PS, I've been doing a bunch of thinking about the kinds of stuff to share with you here and I want to hear from you. What would give you that, oh my gosh, this is amazing feeling when you open up emails from me? Marketing tips, personal updates, stories, behind the scenes stuff, reply to this email and let me know. Okay, so there are my 10 tips, but I actually have a bonus tip for you. As I was preparing my thoughts for this episode, I just happened to be chatting with one of my friends, Shannon of Mrs. Vondi. Shannon is an email marketing and launch marketing expert, and I thought it would be fun to throw in one more email tip. This one is a bonus tip from Shannon. Shannon's tip is one that I love, and it is this. Keep it short. If you can say it in less words, do it. This isn't an essay. We don't need to add fluff just to add fluff. She gave the following example. You could say, you won't believe what she said when I asked her this question, Or instead, you can simplify it and say, you won't believe what she said. I could not agree with this advice more. The simpler, the more concise, the clearer, the better. And this is true, especially with email. You can find Shannon at mrsvondi.com or at mrs.vondi on Instagram. Both will be linked in the show notes. And big thanks to Shannon for the last minute bonus tip she gave us. Okay, so that's what I have for you today all about email. I would love to hear from you and what you thought, or if you have extra tips, I am all ears. Connect with me at Lauren Tilden on Instagram. You can find the show notes from this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 128. 
And I have to say, if you enjoyed learning about my absolute obsession with email marketing, then, oh my gosh, you would absolutely love my membership program, Making Good Happen. There is tons of awesome content in there designed to help get you going with email marketing, along with a lot of other stuff. And I can't wait to see how it can change your business. Learn more about it at makinggoodhappen.co. Or if you're curious and just want to chat about whether it's right for you, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at Lauren Tilden. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful for your support. Here are three ways that you can give back to making good. One, I would so love for you to leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. Two, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, send them this link, makinggoodpodcast.com slash 128. And finally, take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening to the episode and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. I would love to connect with you and cheer you on. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.